Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Hello, once again, Pats, pals, and Foxborough friends. We welcome you to the latest episode of Six Rings and Football Things, a presentation of WEEI, WEEI.com, and Odyssey Sports. On today's episode, we will discuss in our continuing series of positional breakdowns on the 2022 New England Patriots, a highly debatable room, the wide receivers. We'll also get into the potential comeback of Julian Edelman. Is he for real this time? Are we talking Foxborough forever, or could it be temporarily Tampa? And in our final segment, we'll do your favorite and mine, Pat's Potpourri, a little Deshaun Watson, former NFL players boxing, Mac Jones breakdowns, and so much more. With me on one side, producer extraordinaire and third man in, Chris Shime Time. Shime from the morning show on EEI. What up, Shime? What's up, Fitzy? How we doing? And filling in today for Andy Hart. He was just with me on a Saturday show on WEI. And our football conversation elicited both local and national praise. So watch out, everybody. Andy Hart's about to get Wally pipped by our new WEI Patriots writer extraordinaire, Mr. Kyrie Thompson. What's up, the only Kyrie Boston loves? Gentlemen. It's great to be on with you. And thank you for and thank you for that. Okay. Because again, I, I've had a little bit of trauma, ongoing trauma with the name thing. We even had people on the text line being like, Yeah, I like your insights, but you got to change your name. And just like, come on, man, we can't start like this. How did you feel when you were watching that first round series between the Brooklyn Nets and the Celtics? And you heard your name with uh well, let's just say this. Were you rattled the way uh, Draymond supposedly was? And did you have to clutch your pearls the way Steve Kerr did time and again? <laughs> Um, just generally, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to mind my own business. And if anybody asks me what my name is, I'm going to lie. I'm going to make one up. That's a good process. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give them, or I'll tell them what my middle name is, uh, some, something, but, uh, you, you will absolutely not hear me utter what my, what my name is, uh, during this game. And it's funny because on our way out of the stadium, everybody busts out the shout as I'm coming down the escalator. And I'm just like, come on, man. Don't Why? take it personal. Don't take it personal. So once again, we're happy to be joined by Ron Mexico on today's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Always got to go with one of those NFL hotel check-in names. Uh, we'll try to come up with our, 
uh, alter ego. See, that's why I carry two names, Kyrie. My name is Nick, but everyone calls me Fitzy. That way I can always blame one half or the other of my Jekyll and Hyde personality. But I'll tell you, both sides of me love the New England Patriots. That's a professional podcast segue. And let's get going in our first segment today. The positional breakdown wagon rolls on this summer when we're talking wide receivers. And gentlemen, I want to put it out to you first. Some general opening thoughts on the 2022 wide receiver room. It has been mildly revamped to date with the addition of a big outside threat in previously seven-year Miami Dolphin Devontae Parker acquired in a surprising trade in the offseason from the Miami Dolphins who upgraded by adding Tyreek Hill going shorter and speedier. The Patriots are going bigger and faster on the outside. They drafted Tyquan Thornton in the second round out of Baylor and now second year seventh rounder Trey Nixon according to Mike Reese has been the standout of camp to date. So, gentlemen, what are our thoughts? Uh, initially, I'll throw it to you first, Shime, on the Patriots wide receiver room the second year for Mac Jones. Yeah, as per is on brand for me, uh, I'm relatively down on this group. I don't love it. <laughs> I mean, it's it seems to be kind of redundant at this point when you ask me questions about this team. Uh, but, no, it's – like they have a lot of guys that are fine to good. Like it's not, there's, there's no, there's clearly no alpha. There's no stud. There's no Devante. There's no Steph Diggs. There's none of that on this team, right? The closest thing you're going to get is the one season Devante Parker had what three years ago. 2019. Yeah, he, yep. Yeah. Where he had 16.7 yards per reception. He had over 1200 yards and nine touchdowns. Right. And that was the only full season he even played in his entire career as well. So, I'm just not confident that he can stay on the field, which is why I don't think that number in particular is replicable. It's similar to kind of Nelson Aguilar, right? He had a career high in Oakland or Vegas. You bring him in. He's not going to get you that career high again. It's not necessarily what he is to his core. And so ultimately I, I think you have reliable guys in guys like Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne. I think those are guys that are really valuable to the roster. Unfortunately, I don't see either one of them being a legitimate number one receiver. I'm not sure if last year was Kendrick Bourne's ceiling. I want to see more of it. I want to see him replicate that again. Uh, and I think Jacoby Myers, like Hunter Henry, is a very known commodity, right? If you throw him the football, he's going to catch it. He's not going to get you a ton of yards after catch. He's not going to be great in the red zone, but he's going to be good on third down, third and six, third and seven. He's going to be reliable. Anything you throw his way, he's going to scoop up. So ultimately, I think this receiver group is fine. But it's it's by no means elite or even close to that. Well, we have the perfect guy on today's podcast of Six Rings to be the antidote, the salve, the bomb, the panacea to your fine to goodish, <laughs> semi-negative on-brand shine. I won't say attack, but analysis of the Patriots wide receiver room. And by the way, my nickname for Jacoby Myers, I like to call him the discount Slim Reaper because he's basically... Uh, Devonte Smith at about 40 cents on the dollar. And that's good enough for the New England Patriots. As we discussed Saturday on actual WEI FM, Kyrie, we sort of were hive mind and had a, a group think or feeling about the Patriots wide receiver room, which seemed to go over so well that we actually got a national shout out from Bill Simmons, the former Boston sports guy, which we appreciate very much. So Kyrie, could you explain why you think this room of fine to good guys could actually be an asset for the Patriots evolving offensive attack? Well, it's an interesting thing because I think all in all, I mean, yeah, I think Shime's, uh, you know, kind of critique is, you know, more or less on the notes. I mean, fine to good. 
And, and I think that, right, when you see other teams load up on talent, like, you know, like the Miami Dolphins have done, right, with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, and, and two, two of the, if not like the two fastest receivers in the league. Like, I mean, and that, don't that, sleep on Cedric Wilson, too. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have the Bills, where you've got, you know, Stefan Diggs is obviously the big one, but then Gabriel Davis and Isaiah mm. McKenzie, right? And, and, and just kind of these nice little, you know, packages. And then you have the Patriots where it's like, okay, I, I've heard so many people say that like they're they're horrible, right? And it's just it's like, no, they they really aren't. But I'll tell you this, right? When I, I was just playing around with this before we hop on, and you go to pro football focus and you can like um you know adjust for wide receiver grades per like minimum snaps, right? If you take away the receivers last year that only got like a handful of snaps, like Nikhil Harry, Gunnar Olszewski, Christian Wilkerson, you mm -hmm. basically had three receivers that did anything of worth. And that's Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, and the other one who is escaping me right now for some reason, Nelson Aguilar. That's what probably makes sense because he didn't do a whole lot. <laughs> didn't um, do a whole. No, he didn't. So, nope. so, so that was it, right? That is a huge personnel problem. And so I think what what they've done this year, and and I've heard people say, yeah, it's a lateral move to bring in Devonte uh, Devonte Parker. I was about to say Adams, but it's like to bring in Devonte Parker. Yeah, he's not a, a true number one. He's a one B probably at his best, I would say. But again, when you have a whole stable full of number two ish receivers. Well, unless the other team has a whole lot of shutdown corners, then somebody's going to be open, right? There's going to be some matchup that you can take advantage of as long as you scheme it up well. And I think that they have enough variety in this receiver room. You've got speed guys, right? You've got you've got Aguilar and you've got Tyquan Thornton, depending on how much you use him. It'll probably be like he'll be on a pitch count, right? You've got Devontae Parker, who, assuming health, is that big bodied guy you always wanted Nikhil Harry to be. But mm -hmm. he actually has a track record when he's when he's on the field. It's not like, oh, yeah, we really hope we're going to get something from you that we haven't seen before. Like, no, you've seen it with Devontae Parker. We saw it in minicamp. We've seen it against the Patriots. Um, like so he he is a commodity, a known commodity when he's on the field. And then you have you know kind of your possession slot guy in Jacoby Myers, who was targeted an insane amount last year compared to everybody else. Like people were like, oh, yeah, you've got to get the the binky for Mac Jones. It's like. He was already there. It's Jacoby Myers, right? Mm -hmm. He's going to be there for another season. And then you've got the move him around, do it all kind of guy in Kendrick Bourne who played, you know, both, both him and Myers moved around a ton last year between the slot and outside. It was really only Nelson Aguilar that was pigeonholed into being an outside receiver. And that's not his best usage. So if you have Devontae Parker, that means you can now do things that you could not do or would not do with Nelson Aguilar last year. That's and right. I mean, you saw it and I saw it in practice when you move Nelson Aguilar around, he's pretty effective and you get him in matchup situations that he can take advantage of. And you get to use the run after the catch ability that you really didn't get a chance to see last year. So I think that when you put the whole thing together again, this is, this is, there's a lot of ifs because so much of it is going to be about health because if Devonte Parker gets hurt again, well, then you're back to square one. Right. And you're going to be mm -hmm. asking things about, you know, of Taekwon Thornton that maybe he's ready to contribute. Maybe he's not, but if Devonte Parker's on the field, I think that this receiver room could be, and really has to be greater than the sum of its parts. I think that's what the Patriots are going for here. 
Exactly. Exactly. And uh, I, I am also a proponent and subscriber to the idea that they can be greater than the sum of their parts because they operate in a complementary capacity where there's not a lot of redundancy of the particular skill sets of the different receivers, which may make for an effective deployment of pass catchers in this offense that we've heard is changing a little bit. And we can't wait to see how it changes more. Kyrie, a few more of your camp thoughts in just a minute, but I wanted to share this from Mike Tannenbaum, who has done an excellent job with the 33rd team, a website we've gone to once and often in getting our tiered breakdowns of different positional groups and skill players in the NFL. Said Tannenbaum of Devontae Parker, who he helped draft with the Dolphins uh, a ways back, quote, you're getting someone who can win on the outside. Big catch radius and good at high pointing the ball. Really effective with in-breaking routes and in the red zone. He's a very likable, fun-loving person who's a great teammate, always smiling, never had a bad day. So those are two things you know are going to go over well both in what seems to be an upbeat and fun locker room, continuing to develop personality and chemistry as it becomes more of the Mac Jones locker room and less of the Slater McCourty previous Tom Brady Super Bowl champion locker room. Now, here's my, uh, before we get to Kendrick Bourne and more of those camp thoughts, I just want to ask you this question. Shime, how much of this wide receiver room do you think is a product of just their outright ability versus what one AFC executive told um, Jeremy Fowler at ESPN that last year, Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick had the restrictor plates and the granny panties on Mac Jones. So if they let him open it up and they get after it more aerially this season, do we think this wide receiver room can do more and they'll look better than what most people have them as the 20th to 25th best receiver room in the league? Maybe I'm not. I'm not entirely convinced. Like I think you can get a little bit more. You you might be able to squeeze a little bit more out of Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne, but I think they're pretty close to their ceiling ultimately, right? I mean, they both had over 800 yards last year, or uh, Kendrick Bourne had exactly 800 yards. So I don't think you're going to get thousand yard receive, receiving yard seasons out of those two guys. Um, and so ultimately, it's going to come down, in my opinion, to Devonte Parker um, and. Personally, I just I don't love the way he fits with the Patriots. Um, I just think that historically you don't see a lot of those. I just I personally don't like, I guess, is is those contested catch guys. He's a guy that doesn't catch the ball like he gets targeted a ton, but he only catches less than 60 percent of his balls almost every year. Only two times in his what seven year career. He's had over a 60 percent catch rate. I mean, you look at guys like Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers, they are consistently over 65%, if not into the 70s. I right. mean, Kendrick Bourne last year was catching 78% of his passes, which is efficiency. And to me, that is what would indicate great receiver talent. It's showing separation. It's showing the ability to be open. And Mac Jones just has to put it in that area. Um, and so, but Devonte Parker doesn't have that. He has to be like a 50, 50 ball winner. I just don't see the explosion enough out of him. He's tall. He's big. Yeah, I get it. I just don't like the fit of that, especially in the current state of the NFL. I don't think receivers like that win all that often, unless you're Mike Evans, right? Like I, you have to be not just bigger, but bigger and stronger than everybody else. And in today's NFL, that's so much difficult to do, so much more difficult to do than it used to be, right? So in today's NFL, it's really more about creating separation. And I just don't think Devontae Parker does a good enough job with that. No, so, he doesn't. He's typically in the lower end of the league in terms of separation. But he's tied for like, last. He, he was tied. Yeah. Actually, okay. He so when I say lower part of the league. Yeah, he's not great at that. But 
to me, it, in a lot of ways, it was like, all right, Harry, you stink. You suck. You got to go. We, neither the pool nor the pond for you. We're all set. Thank, Please, thanks. And we'll take the L on that one. So bring in Devontae Parker. I think you mentioned it up top, Shime. This is a, I'm going to go get a slightly more experienced, albeit sometimes fragile version of you, who I can actually count on to be in the right spot and try to go up and get those contested catches and make the 50-50 plays that he's just not been able to do because he just doesn't get it. It's not there from left ear to right. And, and so I just think it's, it's almost even about. more so a pre like he almost seems like a precursor to Tyquan Thornton, right? It's he's inserted now as you wait for Thornton to develop a little bit because Thornton has the speed to separate, but also has a little bit of size to him where he can kind of go up and get a football. Um, so in a way, I feel like he is the precursor to what, eventually Tyquan Thornton's role will be. I just don't think Parker is going to be uh, good enough, basically, outright to, to to really succeed in this offense. All right, Kyrie, tell them what you think about what uh, Parker could do and also share that camp action on what you saw in Tyquan Thornton. Oh, definitely. Um, so when it when it comes to Devontae Parker, right? Yeah, I, I just mentioned this. I believe on, on yep. Next Gen Stats, he's actually tied for last in the league with like 1.6 yards of average separation on his routes. So absolutely, he's not he's not a big he's not a fast guy, right? He's 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 a big, maybe decent speed guy, mid speed guy, right? But I mean, I was just looking this up, you know, on on Pro Football Focus. I mean, his his catch percentage against man coverage is like 42%, right? So yeah, you're going to, you're less than half of the time. So you're going to see, you know, him, you know, see a lot of press coverage, right? They're going to fight with you and stuff like that. Now, I think that all in all, like you could say that his being here is actually a decent fit. If you, if you want to make that argument, because more of what he does down the ballot, so to speak, Right. Because now you're using Nelson Aguilar to occupy safeties and get you more one on ones against favorable, you know, favorable matchups because they were doing that with Aguilar last year. But when he faced more man coverage on the outside and just straight up one on ones, that's tougher for him. As a matter of fact, you know, just looking at how they were receiving versus different concepts, Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne were just about the same versus man and zone, right? And I think Kendrick Bourne was actually a little bit better against man coverage than he was against zone. Um, whereas Nelson Aguilar was clearly worse against man versus zone. And I think a lot of that had to op had to do with the lack of space that he had to operate with when you when you put him outside the number. So now if you kick him inside, that arguably makes things a little bit it makes it a bit harder to key on Devontae Parker when you can when you have to worry about speed down the middle of the field. It, it kind of just like draws defenders, you know, against your will sort of towards that direction. Like, oh man, like I might have to help over here in like a cover three situation or even like in, in, you know, man coverage. Like if you are, you know, reading the, if, if you're in a situation where it's like, okay, like I have to defend this guy a certain way. Cause I don't want to get beat down the middle of the field or get beat deep. And I think with, with Parker, like, yeah, those 50 50 balls are they're low percentage plays. I mean, 50 50, you want to do better than that, right? Mm -hmm. And so it it absolutely has to be a thing where you know you you need those other guys to kind of step up and take away some of the pressure. It's got to work both ways. And you know, you'll you'll see a, a theme with this team that they're better against zone coverage because it naturally gives you a little bit more space and a little bit more cushion. So I'll be interested to see 
kind of how it's going to function with, with other teams. How are they going to try to defend them? Are they going to try right. to get up in their faces? Are they going to try to take people away versus man coverage? Are they going to give help to Parker or Aguilar or Bourne? Right? Like, like kind of where does the coverage rotate with this team? And I think that will have a lot to do with how effective Parker and, and you know, some of these other guys are. You mentioned Tyquan Thornton. I think that's, that's a good point mm-hmm. because – Tyquan Thornton has the the height. He doesn't have the size yet, the raw size, but he has the height and the general skill set to eventually be an outside receiver, a guy that you put out there more often. And, you know, if you want to talk about one thing that Devontae Parker does really well, slants. Devontae Parker is, is a is a very good option for slant routes because he can kind of box defenders out. And Thornton is good. He was good at that in college. Maybe not necessarily boxing out, but his speed was such a problem. But he also knew how to throttle it down and, and beat those spaces against zone. I mean, he's a he's a tough person to to catch. Like as as you know, kind of slight of frame as he is, his feet are really good off the line of scrimmage. So yeah, I think that he is kind of the the successor to what Devonte Parker currently is. And again, you saw this in the, I saw this a little bit with Thornton, whether he was matched up in the slot versus outside. If he beats you, you're in trouble immediately. Right. And, and, and you can't catch up to him. You have to help when, like when you're in, in zone coverage, like if you've got a slot corner on him in man coverage, the safety over the top has to go towards him. If, if he immediately gets beat, otherwise that is, that's a touchdown. That is a potential touchdown. Is he, he makes- really that fast? Like we all think like, Oh, no Patriot receiver. We don't deal with speed in Foxborough. We're not that yeah. familiar with guys that are just flat out burners. Is it like, Oh, he's a little bit faster. Or are we talking like guys, we haven't seen speed like this, like just shift straight run, like an arrow, the flash style speed. I've, I've referenced this play a couple of times and I want to break it down a little bit more. Okay, so there was a play where Tyquan Thornton's running with the scout team receivers and he's got Brian Hoyer throwing him the ball. He lines up in the slot against Miles Bryant and within possibly not even a half of second, he already has Miles Bryant torched at the line of scrimmage and he and he's stacking him. Now, I, I mean, it's we kind of talk about this with Thornton. It's not just the straight line speed. His immediate acceleration is elite. Like it's tight. Ty- it's wow. Tyreek. His, his speed profile is Tyreek Hill level. This is not a joke. This is for real. And he stacks miles Bryant within a second. And then he starts striding it out. And, and when I say that, like he made people look like they were walking, I'm not kidding. Like, I mean, yeah, miles Bryant's not very fast. Right. But, but I mean, he made everybody in his immediate vicinity look like they were, they were going at like, you know, 75% speed. He's just striding up the field. Hoyer puts it out there for him a little bit far, actually. And, and Thornton um, makes the catch. It was, it was a nice kind of little diving sliding catch. Yeah, you would love to see him stay on his feet. But I mean, that was kind of a tough ball to corral. And the safety just just couldn't get over there fast enough. Nobody could. And so you're looking at a situation where if you put this guy on the field in a situation where you want to take a shot midfield, you know, 40 yard line, what have you, he, um, you have to know that this guy is probably going to go deep. And if you're not paying attention and Mac Jones hits him, you're done. It's over. It is a touchdown because he's probably not dropping the ball. And if he catches it, you're not going to catch him. 
That's the it. big issue there, though, is Mac Jones struggles with deep balls. All so, right. See, here we I, go. No, 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 I'm, I, just I, I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I got it. Here, I was about to say, like, all right, very good. Kyrie brings to the table the idea that maybe Devontae Parker will open Can't things up for Nelson Aguilar and other people to go to the slot in their natural spots and try to pick apart soft spots and zones. You may have a decent 50-50 contested catch guy. Oh, and by the way, now we've got downright straight up ridiculous superhero speed, which will open up things all over the formation. And Shime comes crashing back in, like turning the lights on. Like, you gotta, sorry, you gotta guys, let us know where we stand. Sorry, guys, party's over. Yeah, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I understand that. When I am we get the, to I breaking down the quarterbacks. Stocking, we'll talk. We'll talk about that. It'd be nice to see if that could happen. We'll see if this has a positive impact going forward. We're running a little long with this segment. Last quick thoughts, because there's two other things on the agenda, if you will. I'm going to throw it at you for a little zip take, Shime, and then we'll hit you with one last one, Kyrie. Kendrick Bourne, I dug up some audio that I included in the Sunday 7 at WEI.com. I found from a random football podcast, the Stacking the Box podcast, Shime, that Kendrick Bourne believes he can be more effective carrying the ball this year, would like the ball a little more, and when pressed by the host of that podcast, that he could potentially be like his former teammate, Debo Samuel, he thinks maybe he could be a little more like Debo and be an offensive weapon and not just a wide receiver. Do you believe in it? And would you like to see it shine? Quick take. I'm glad he thinks that. I appreciate the confidence. Don't don't think you're going to because they are this team already has two great running backs. I don't think you need to do like put your receiver in danger like that. Have him do what he does best and be a wide receiver. Fair enough. And Mr. Thompson. Mike Reese, like I said in the open, says Trey Nixon to date, the wide receiver out of, I want to say, Central Florida, seventh rounder, last selection ever by Ernie Adams last year, has opened eyes, caught everything thrown at him, including quips, headlines, and the phone book this preseason, or rather during camp time. Do you believe he'll actually make the team, and what potential impact could Trey Nixon have on the 2022 Patriots? So for right now, and th this is projection based off of what we might see in training camp. I mean, might. we've seen, and I've seen this before in other training camps, like the Chicago Bears uh, back in 2016. They had a guy named Daniel Braverman who was killing everybody and making catches all over the place. I remember him. Everyone yeah. said he belonged on the Patriots and he went to the Bears and I was bummed for a minute, but then I got over yeah. it because he wasn't very yeah. good. Yeah, he went to Central Michigan and, and, and all of that and he came out in kind of a similar profile and was lighting it up in camp, just didn't have it when, when the pads were on. And so I'm I'm looking toward a little bit more of that. Uh, I right now have Ty Montgomery maybe sneaking onto the team because Ooh. he has a little bit more experience in both dual, you know, in, in running back and receiver roles, especially if you don't have James White to start the season. I could see them trying to find him a spot one way or another, and that might kick Nixon off. I will say this. He was the best receiver all told at camp that I saw. And, and that's not to say that all the other receivers were bad. He was really just making plays like that. So it, right now I'm looking at him as a strong possibility to compete for this roster. And if he does make it, I mean, it would probably be kind of a limited role. He might not dress all of the time. Uh, but I think that when he's on the field, you see the quickness, he gets open, constantly he's been reliable with his hands he was not necessarily reliable with his hands last year when we saw him in practice um so i see a much improved player and i think that again if he were to make the team this would be like a faster quicker maybe more yak version of a jacoby myers 
Ooh, which may factor into how they've only given Jacoby Myers his RFA tender this year and have not given him the long-term extension. I think he is seeking out and other people believe he may get and or has earned on the team. So there's one to watch for you. All right, guys, I'm just sort of surmising as we wrap this segment. The worst you'll get from the Patriots receiver room is a slightly enhanced version of last year. The best we may get is, like we said, a lot of number twos working in tandem, complementing each other. Maybe we get 14 games out of Devontae Parker, some big outside catches, contested 50-50s, open space for your tight ends and other receivers, and wouldn't we just love, oh, I can't wait to lose my shorts and my lunch if Tyquan Thornton goes deep and catches some burner speed balls, a little hero ball down the field this year. But like Shime reminded us, it just depends on the arm strength and accuracy of one Michael McCorkle Mac Jones. That'll do for the wide receiver. (laughs) that'll do great shine invitation too. that'll do for the wide receiver breakdown of course if you have questions you would like to ask us at any point you can always send us an email six rings pod that's the number six six rings pod at gmail and give us a follow please wouldn't you at six rings pod tell your friends about the podcast we're on spotify apple pods Podbean, stitcher and wherever podcasts are found and sold Hi, Bruins fans looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team? Follow the Skate Pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin, Brian DeFelice, and me, Bridget Prue. Get your Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers. We're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week. For analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players, listen to the Skate Pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.